What up, Wolves? It's Don Chen's Dan Pulzello. I built on that one. That was a good one. Yeah. I like that. To all the Wolves out there, subscribe. Uh, share it with your friends. Give it a five-star review. Roast us in the review. Uh, send it to your mom. Send it to your dad. Send it to your Aunt Susan. Yeah. Uh, thank you to everybody who's done that so far. It's awesome to get... Any type of feedback is great. You guys are the best. Uh, DM video clips, that as well. You can do that. Retweet. Uh, just get it out there, man. Let's get this. Let's let's grow the wolf pack. My, grow, my grow wolf, wolf pack, pack grew. That's the what's the the hangover quote. And oh, on that fun. day, my wolf pack grew by one. I was a one. <laughs> I was a one man wolf. But we got more than one wolf. We have several wolves, and yeah. I love every single one of my wolves. And who's the newest wolf that we just met and today? And so the newest wolf is uh, you're about to hear an interview. And Dan joined me for the interview for the first time. Yeah. So it's exciting. We got to interview a uh, stand-up comedian, former barstool sports personality Francis Ellis. It was very exciting. I was very. He was. He was much bigger than me. Made me feel very small. Yes. Although he complimented my legs, and that made me feel very happy. Yeah. He. Uh, I mean, he talks about, you know, one of the most insane firing stories in recent memory. What else do we get into? Lifting tips. We saw him shirtless. Yeah. He showed us a picture of him shirtless, and he looked pretty good. Yeah. I would have for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. We talked about uh, comedy, French Alps, and a. Surprise cameo from a celebrity who yeah. we're not going to name. He got a he got a text from a big name mid-interview, yeah. and we got it. So you're going to have to listen and figure out who. He, pretty much, this person, very rude of this person to text Francis, and now like, oh, now we got to, you know what I mean, drop what we're doing and address. It's bullshit that you this know, guy did it. You know what? That person knows it's an interview. Yeah. They are obligated to come on this podcast and interview with us, to inter interrupting what we have going kind of insulting i yeah, think fuck you mystery celebrity mystery celebrity you owe us an interview um but yeah guys enjoy this one was a lot of fun i hope you uh share it with people share it with anybody who likes barstool there's some there's some juicy inside deets man yes yeah, so if you're a, if you're a stoolie uh you get some of the inside story of francis's recent departure yeah i guess some, it's a good way to say pretty it. exclusive content right. um right. let's, let's let him have it everyone enjoy francis ellis And what up, Wolves? It is Don Chen's. I'm here with Dan Pulzello. Hey. And we have a very, very special guest with us in my very small apartment. He is a stand-up comedian and used to be a personality on Barstool Sports, Francis Ellis. Thanks for having me, you guys. <laughs> Are you excited? I'm so thrilled. This is good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> This is great. You finally made it, dude. How's I feel it feel? Like uh, it feels like, uh, I don't know. I mean, you, you got to get some decorations up on these walls. How long have you lived here? This is, we're going on, gonna, I have two years, so it's going to be three. I just re-signed. Uh -huh. Usually, we also record on that wall. Got it's it. really bare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this, I is, mean, this is where all the decoration is, right where we are. Disorientingly <laughs> barren. It is, now that you mention it, a little bit like a solitary confinement it's room. It's exactly right. A it feels bit. like we're recording our final statements before we're executed. <laughs> like... These are the last things we'll say, yeah. you know, like this is this would be a great place for ISIS to behead somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Don't, and then uh, for I will not be calling them. Yeah. I, will, I will not have them. In my apartment. And then for a Murray Hill apartment, uh, surprisingly few holes in walls. So nice job on that. Yeah. I did burn almost a hole in my wall when I was cooking one time, though, which is a long story. But we'll it's a big yeah. burn mark. So that's kind of close. I think. Everyone asks this question. Uh and then they, they always preface it by saying, do you mind if I ask? And then they say, how much you pay in rent? Uh, how, all right. How much do you think I should be paying well, in rent? I don't, I don't even, <laughs> honestly, I don't, I don't even care about the answer. Uh, that question irks me because it's like they, they're apologizing as they ask it. Yeah. Just ask it. Well, okay. How much? But yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah how much do you pay in rent? I think you, I would be less offended if people just, I don't, I don't get offended, Yeah. but I would be less like annoyed if people were just like, how much do you pay in rent? It's also, you know, the answer is you're overpaying no matter what the answer For is. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so can I try much. to guess how much you pay in rent? Guess. Is it just you that lives here? I have one other person. Oh, so there's another bedroom? Yes. Yeah. There's two bedrooms. Oh yeah. We're balling out in here. And this is the common space. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This entire it is a shared, shared, space. shared space. I would guess that the whole apartment is like $3,100. Wow. What dude. do we got? That was close. 
you're a little below, which I think Price is Right rules. You're good. Yeah. Uh, it's it was thirty two ninety five, but they just increased it fifty five dollars. So, so so that was a really good, good twenty seventeen estimate. Nice yeah, job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. Nice. Okay, I'm happy with my guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Dope. All right. I guess we can do the obvious stuff and get it out of the way because I'm sure you've talked about it a bunch. Sure. Um, but you recently got let go at Barstool. I did. Um, I got I let go is generous. I got fired. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think you can let somebody go with like a public video. You know what I mean? That's that sounds like a firing. Oh yeah, no, it was it was definitely a firing. Yeah. I got fired. Your but, video wasn't as bad as like Rappaport's though. At least yours was like kinda nice. No, they liked me. You <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. They they liked me until that moment. There yeah. was no up until that point I was I was doing really well. For two and a half years, you I were? was a, I was a, I would dare to say I was a beloved employee. I agree. I had, you know, everybody at the company reached out and was devastated, or at least feigned <laughs> devastation. And uh, and Eric and Dave were really nice to me, and you know, they their hands were tied, I guess. And and uh, I, it is what it is. So I guess just quick synopsis, because I know you said it a million times, I'm sure, in other places, like chain. Uh, chain of events what happened yeah there on friday morning i read this story about this missing girl mackenzie lewick she'd been missing in utah for a week and all these news outlets were covering it because it was kind of a juicy salacious story she was on these sugar daddy dating websites like seeking arrangements and, and her sorority sisters had seen that she was her Instagram account had been active and they turned that over to the FBI. And that was like a thing that I thought was humorous, like that sorority sisters were catching clues that FBI agents were missing in this day and age of social media. Yeah. So that was like, okay, there's a piece that might be worth having writing something about. And then it was like, she was a huge fan of one of the podcasts that we had at Barstool called call her daddy, which is a very like pornographic podcast. And as we, we, we joke about it a lot at the company. So I was like, okay, there's another piece. And then I saw that she was like with the, with the sugar daddy stuff. And then they also said like, no foul play is suspected at this time. I read that as a headline from an article three days earlier. And I was like, okay, she's fine. She's just off on a yacht somewhere with an older man. And this article is fair game. So I wrote about it with really no no jokes that were offensive. It was simply the topic choice because an hour later they had a murder suspect and then an hour after that they had found her body. And as it all developed, it it was like I could see the train coming and I took the blog down and then by that point all these hit pieces places were reaching out to me for comment why did you write this what were you thinking and i was like oh boy here come you know here come the wolves <laughs> and uh that's what happens like the, you know that, that's what happens when you when, you, when you're at barstool and, and you know bad shit's about to happen and then you know david initially was like why would you have done that you know this is you're in trouble and then it kept kept developing and i, I think they realized the scope of my mistake was was so bad for them and, and for the company that they had to fire me, and uh, that's what it was. And and I I bear no ill will towards towards Barstool. You know, look, if she turns up alive, I'm fine. You know, just like when it went the other way. Yeah. You know, that's the story. And uh, it was it's, what's amazing is like since I've been fired, and I'm not I don't I won't keep going on here, but you return to the world of comedy and the community that you've built and you go on podcasts and you see everybody making jokes that are so much fucking yeah, we were just worse talking about, without naming names so other much that, yeah. worse right. than what anything i'd ever said or written at barstool mm -hmm. and you're like well why aren't people looking at this why aren't these hit pieces why aren't the dead spins the daily beasts coming after these people yeah and the rea the reality is barstool is so big and so popular and they have a target on their back and it yeah. drives these fucking companies bananas yeah that they can get away with saying shit and yet have however many tens of millions of dollars in sales however many 
tens of millions of fanatical fans and there's nothing they can do about it. They're unshakable. Yeah. They're undeniably popular mm-hmm. and it drives these people fucking crazy. Whereas like I can go up on stage tomorrow, same guy that was fired, that was working at Barcelona a week before with the same fucking audience that I had and I could just maybe not go on like a racist rant mm-hmm. but I could make jokes about Mackenzie Lewick again and nobody those fucking hit pieces people, they're not gonna care yeah they don't care they only cared because I was working at Barstool when I did it and they wanted to come after Barstool they don't care about me yeah I think it's too it's just like a juxtaposition of like you know that subject matter is not found on you know I mean you look at Barstool as a sports-ish you know that's yeah, sports I, origin. I never, I never wrote about sports. Yeah, I was straight comedy the whole way through. Mm-hmm. That was all I did. Yeah, so I think it like I think another part of like the attention that you got is like the juxtaposition of like okay, we've got this subject matter under the barstool banner, whereas like you know horrible podcast motherfuckers over here are constantly releasing like poison, literal like almost hate speech, yeah. but because it's under their umbrella. Yeah, they know. Like, yeah. they know what. They, but I really think it's a size thing. I think it's like, you know, if you get to be huge, mm-hmm. you have to be that much more careful. Yeah, for sure. You know, is it okay if I put my feet up? You're good. Yeah, absolutely. Flex the shoe. I was talking about your sneakers. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the Sean Wilder spoons. Yeah, look yeah, good. These are these are good ones. Yeah. Like um, so, do you think, like, being under that in that corporate environment? Do you think that's just looking back on it? Probably not an ideal place for a comic because I feel like as a comic, you're always towing the line. But once you're under a corporation, I feel like they, even though Barcel's probably closer to towing that line than most corporations, I would say most try to stay a little away from it. You well, know? I, I think Barstool is, is the most liberated company that I've ever worked for by far. You'll never find, you'll never work anywhere else that gives you the freedom of expression and creation that that I had there. Um, basically, I walked in and they were like, "Yep, uh, do what you want." And then if you do well, you know, you get paid more and you get more opportunities. And if you don't, you just kind of sit around. But it, as far as working for a true company and having healthcare and having the direct deposits and a pay scale and infrastructure, a podcast studio, a radio studio a team of editors, all that shit. Barstool Sports is the place to work. You know, you're not going to get that at ESPN. You're not going to be able to like, you know, I used to write about how gay I was. <laughs> actually, actually speaking, speaking of that, what about Frankie? Yeah, right. I, I would write like 1500 word fantasy pieces about wanting to fuck my male coworker, <laughs> even though I'm straight. And it just going into great detail about how I would like rub him down and all this shit. And it would get read by, you know, <laughs> hundreds of thousands of people. And they people loved it. And it was like, that was fun. It was yeah. fucking great. Where else can you do that? I don't know. Yeah. How did he take the news? Uh, your gay lover. Frankie? Yeah. You know, I think everyone was really bummed, honestly. And that's not me being like narcissistic yeah. about it i think i think they were bummed for a couple reasons i think they were bummed because they knew i had to i had to go mm-hmm. nobody nobody was mad at dave for firing yeah me. Do, also, do, you, do you think he would have sorry do you think he would have fired you if even though you weren't there say it was back in the milton days when he didn't have you know investors no because i don't think anyone would have cared right. i don't think i don't think outside sources would have come after them for it you know, hmm. it's like if anyone had now, here's what would have happened. If I had written that back then and then I'd continued to work at the company yeah. for fourteen years. Somebody would have dug it up. Every time a hit piece gets written about Barstool, they reach back into the bag from all, and, and and then re stir up everything, right. all the bad mm. lines and yeah. sound bites that have come from the company's 15 year history. Yeah. And that would have been one in a litany of, and then even like assign that to other people. So they would have taken your, you sure. know, your misstep and then assigned it to other personalities within Barstool that might've just started working there that day. Yeah. They, they would just would have like lumped, they lump everything together. They're like, this is the company that said this and did this. So yeah. is it no, it should be no surprise that they're, you know, and look, it, it, it just is what it is. I, I will tell you, uh, the, the company, as far as like 
their treatment of their employees and everything else, 100% respectful. Nobody ever, there was no fucking sexual misconduct. There were no, none of this shit, like you, you see that at, you know, like the, not certainly the Weinstein company, obviously, yeah. obviously <laughs> but like, you know, go to Good Morning America with ESPN. Matt Lauer. There, none yeah. of that shit happened. So, so yes, there were jokes that may have gone over the line, but as far as like physical mistreatment of women or minorities or, 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 you know, people of certain sexual orientations, that wasn't it. It was a fucking above board company. Right. And they got that. They were, they were, they were most, for the most part, good people that worked there. Yeah. What's, uh, what's the best advice you got since, since it happened? You've talked to people like what was the most uplifting thing anyone's ever said to you to kind of motivate you afterwards? Well, you know, I think uh, a lot of people were impressed with the way that I handled it. Yeah, which I was, was going to say that. But. To own it completely and to sort of support the company's decision to fire me and uh, not, to, not to make it a thing. Not to like speak out and yeah. be pouty and just be like, you know what? Yeah, I fucked up. I'm sorry. I understand completely why this makes people mad. Uh, I apologize. I'm going to think about it and then I'm going to move on. You have to fucking move forward. Got to pay rent. You know, I'm a comedian. I'm not leaving the field because of this. And I also will say, this probably isn't the last time I'm going to be fired in yeah. comedy. <laughs> That's true. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, yeah, you learn your lesson. I learned this lesson, but I could be fired in four years for... Yeah. Who knows what? Writing a joke that 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 at that time is taken is taken the wrong way, or is is a, I missed the ball. Yeah. So, or you could be writing jokes right now that won't be appropriate. Sure, five sure. years from now, exactly right. So, so you could drive yourself crazy, like worrying about that. Yeah, shit. You, you know. And I'm always somebody. I'm a comedian who likes to push the envelope. I like dangerous humor and finding the funny in things that. People are like, wow, I didn't think you could make that funny. And dark humor, I'm, I'm always gravitated towards that stuff. And uh, you're you're running, you're playing with fire when you do that yeah. in a way. So, uh, One question I th think about is like, what do you think about the environment of working at Barstool? Because people don't really think about it, but it's pretty much a glorified reality show almost. Because yeah. you have cameras on you at all times, like YPs running around the office with all that stuff. Like, Do you yeah. think like that kind of amps everybody up kind of you know increases you like perform it or yeah, like, like the pressure like to like on? be on camera and you know what i mean look yes uh, for sure um i also think if you want to stay out of that we call it the mud right dave diving into the mud and yeah, kfc likes to dive in the mud too yeah. yeah dave dives in the mud stirring up the mud all that shit like there are certain people that thrive in that and are really good like Tex. I don't know if you remember Tex. I met Tex a few times. Yeah, he was Tex, actually surprisingly nice when I met him. <laughs> he was so good at at being part of that, of being part of the side story of the soap opera. Um, and there are certain people that are like that that need it, right? And then there are other people that just are completely quarantined from it, and they don't want it. They keep their heads down. They do their work. And they they stay away from it, and and uh, the YPs and the the stool scenes guys know not to really go to them, not because they they respect them, but because they're not going to get much out of them. Right. And I would kind of go back and forth, which was weird. Like I would be out of it for like a year, and then all of a sudden I'd like have a flare up with with somebody or something. Where I would be like, okay, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so it was tough. It was tough to know um, whether we, because you never knew, you never knew what was going to cause a huge stir that would capture the audience's attention. Right. Because a lot of times it'd be little things. It could be, yeah. could end up being big stories. There. So like I had this one thing, there was this young lady, Ellie Schnitt, who's great, wonderful person, funny unbelievable tweeter she her twitter was like she has lots of cloud on twitter she does yeah. viral tweets every fucking time she just had this incredible ability with social media very nice I, I loved her and 
we had this funny idea or like I had this funny idea of like starting a, a beef with her. Mm-hmm. That would culminate with me challenging her to a fight in Rough and Rowdy. Yeah. <laughs> and Andy, she was Andy a, Kaufman ass. She was like a five foot. Yeah, dude, she's really tiny. Five yeah. foot, tiny, <laughs> adorable young woman. And, and so me me going that far was like was the humor in it. Yeah. Right? That's what I thought would be funny. And it was like it was on. We were on board. We, we were like we were doing it, and people were laughing. It was great. And then the next day, she wrote like a, a roast piece of me yeah. with like a picture of me. And it was like, does this look like this guy, this? And then like I wrote this response piece where I, you know, thought I was roasting her back. Yeah. And it was pretty yeah. <laughs> severe. But it, the, way I, the way you're pitching the story now, it sounds like what would two professional wrestlers say to each other? Totally. They're like, I'll fuck your wife. Like you can say horrible things. And it's like, well, it's theater. So right. you're in the, the so, theater in this so, piece. So yeah. So I wrote this like long hit piece <laughs> back and to her credit, she was fine with it. Yeah. But the problem was other people yeah the people didn't see the like, ramp up so it just dude. looks like <laughs> no not even the audience like people at the at the office were like oh this is too harsh wow you can't really? do this and then when that happened that's when i got like mad yeah. and i was like what are you talking about this is what we do here i'm yeah. treating her the same way that i would someone else and yeah. they were like and no she's, just cuz she's board. a girl she's yeah. a 22 year old girl she's like new to the company and dave dave got mad cuz he was like absolutely francis should run that piece yeah. this is what we are and and this is what we do and like what are you talking about don't treat people differently and that was to his credit yeah. and the real crazy side story beef ended up being between me and the people who had tried to hold the oh product back. Oh my God, back. That's yeah. so weird. And that resulted in bad blood that never went away. Oh my God. And lasted for a year, like until I was fired, I mean, through my firing. Yeah. And so that's the thing that you don't, you don't always know what, like if you start tugging on a thread yeah. there, you don't know what you're unraveling. But all you can do is just put out the fun, like that, it's like funny idea, like funny execution. Yeah. All you can do is put the funny out there and just yeah. things things get out of hand quick at Barstool though. I can't even imagine. Yeah. It's like, okay, something happened, this tiny little thing happened, right? In the morning. And then the next radio show talks about it. And then one of the people who was involved originally goes on the radio show to talk about it. <laughs> and then like certain people are very good at like poking the bear and being like, You're gonna take that? Oh, stirring my God. the pot. And then other people get involved. And then like sometimes, occasionally, it leads so far as becoming the main event of the boxing show. That's Rough true. And, rowdy. Yeah. and that's just like, it's just so insane that this yeah. could be a fucking thing. But anyway. Uh, do you think, because you also, you went on vacation. You had a vacation right after the firing. Yeah, right? I had planned that be- when I had a job. Do you think that was better? That was good timing or bad timing? Think it was good to get away or yeah. do you think it was almost like, oh, I think shit, it was, I don't want to go. I don't think it like affected the public image of me at all. Um, I think <laughs> disgraced comedian leaves the country. Yeah, I mean, like I had thought I was a little worried that I was, it was going to be like, wow, you know, here's this guy who's said he was sorry, but now he's gallivanting around the French Alps with his girlfriend. Clearly he doesn't feel that bad. Yeah. I was worried about that, That'd be yeah. take. but nobody gave a shit. Right. Um, the reality was that, I felt like I should stay to do damage control and to try to put the pieces together for my next move. But I had already paid for the whole vacation. And so I went and then it was fine that I was away for two weeks. Nothing like was lost. But I was very distracted the whole time. Did you have your like phone on? Like your international? Uh, I did. I, I, I tried to stay away from it. I wasn't on my phone that much. I just like, I had a very hard time like keeping my brain where we were. Yeah. I just like was constantly thinking about everything that had happened. You know, like was my life over? What was next? Was I going to be able to come back from this? How did I restructure? All yeah. that. So my poor girlfriend was just like, you know. I, I would go hours without being able to say anything, just like I talk or anything. Yeah. So I don't think I was that fun. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> the Instagram buddy. posts were good. That was, that was great content. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. 
How are you guys doing? I've been talking too much. No, that's oh, the point. Yeah, we're great, man. Yeah, this, we're here to talk to you. Everyone hears us every fucking week. You're the one with care. the fan, man. Yeah, yeah that's like, true. Yeah. We got the fan only pointing at you. We're sweating fan? buckets over here. Yeah, man. you think I can, we can, we can form a coherent thought? No, 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 no. Keep the fan. I want it on you. Please keep the fan. I like your hair. Tell me about the this wind. podcast. What do we What do we do here? So for the interviews, it's called I don't know if Dan to Wolf mentality is I the name of it. Nothing. Yeah, he doesn't no, have told you yeah. shit. So typically the interview. Well, actually, usually we have our guest howl like a wolf at some point. Okay. So could you do that for us? Oh, that was pretty weak. I didn't like that. No, that was and good. That was the first guest to ever howl on Wolf mentality. So yeah, thank you for that. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't asked anybody else. Oh, um, you so, walked right into that. Yeah. So besides for you howling, uh, usually we just talk about people who do their own shit. Like I've interviewed entrepreneurs, musicians, NFL guy, a couple of guys in the NFL. Cool. Yeah. My, my one friend who has a few uh, Guinness World Records rowing the Arctic Ocean. Some cool things like that, and oh, just cool. try and get like. Yeah. What challenges they faced, and you know how they navigate it, and how achieve their goals. Just people doing cool shit. Let me ask you this: Why are you so strong? Why am I so strong? Do you yeah. lift a ton of weights. I go to I. So this actually started because, and I can give you some clothes if you want. So it initially started because I started my own uh, fitness company called Lone Wolf Fitness. Got certified as a personal trainer and was training people. So it kind of started from that, and then turned more content based I guess yeah got it and then yeah. just to correct you Francis so the question was why are we so strong yeah uh, and <laughs> you look good and you know all of those things that he just said for sure yeah personal yeah. trainer your, your your shorts are Tight. they're they're Tight. not happy they're screaming yeah. <laughs> dude your, no, nothing fits, shorts are like nothing how, fits in these legs man Jesus. I, got well, that's right. Right. I mean legs. it's like the, the, you, how could you possibly wear shorts that tight those I can't. look so uncomfortable. I, just wear them. I think he's got. Well, I'm comfortable. Do you have the issue of like you got like a 31, 32 waist, and then that I just? A, I have a thirty-one waist, but my legs are not. Yeah. I would say. I would say you and probably. I'm five nine, so yeah. it doesn't help either. You have yeah. the thighs of a thirty-six waist. I think. Yeah. For, uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. So it's very tough, but I manage. I get through life. Take it day to day. Do you, you take? Know? Uh, do you take any like supplements? Just steroids, dude. I, I have a few syringes. Yeah, you want some? I was always curious about steroids. I haven't. I actually want to, but I'm way too pussy to do it, to be honest. Do you know? Well, like, you've got the you're fit, sports background. You're a like, fitness guy. You don't know yeah. anybody who's done... You must know people who've done steroids. I, I think I probably do. Uh, nobody's ever really been, like, openly off, like uh, telling me about it. Yeah. But I'm sure that I know people who have done it. Yeah. And I've always been curious about it because I, no matter how much I lift, my body doesn't change that much. I get scared that I'll get addicted to it, so I avoid it. Because like I'm addicted to pre-workout now, and that's not really a big deal. Pre-workout? Right. Oh, yeah. So that's I feel like if caffeine. I take... caffeine. Yeah, that's all it is pretty much. So if I take steroids, I think I'm never going to want to get off of it. Right. So I think it's best to avoid it for my own sake, you know? Mm. Yeah, HGH would be the one I would want to yeah. take. Do you think you would do it like cosmetically? Just like just to yeah, get just, like... Yeah, just to see how big my arms can get. My arms never get that big. I, I was seeing a personal trainer three days a week and lifting fucking hard this guy was a super uh decorated olympic lifting coach very technical it was not at like a fucking equinox it was at his own like gym and really good i mean we were hitting it hard and i was eating a lot doing everything right and i got pretty big but i was not nobody would have looked at me and been like that guy's fucking huge yeah but only dudes are impressed like it doesn't help with yeah. girls at all it's just like dudes hitting on you be like yo how do i make my arms look that look like that oh my god it's like i don't I'm know dude, do, work out i'm bro. gonna do something really really homoerotic right now i'm gonna show you um oh fuck oh i'm just whoa what bill burr just texted me holy oh! shit Call Bill Burr and get him on the podcast. I mean, that's what I asked <laughs> do him it. to do. Do, it. do my podcast. Oh my god! Ask him to do mine. Why? Why be selfish? Share the love. Friends. I didn't think he was going to text me yeah. back. <laughs> he gave me his number once upon a time, and yeah. I was like, "What the fuck?" And then I texted him out of the blue, just a total hail mary. Anyway, not even going to get into that. I want to show you a picture of myself. <laughs> oh, all right, yes. Bill. Bill, this Pitch can wake. This yeah. is how big I used to be. Here's how strong I was. So I want to I want to show you a picture of what I looked like when I was really lifting, uh, and I was and, and without a shirt on. And I want you to tell me 
What I could have done. I would bang you or not? What I could have done to be more. Well, yeah, he's the doctor. Yeah, strong. Let's let's bring it into the doctor's office. You're a doctor? No, you're the he's personal a, he's trainer. A, yeah, personal he's, trainer. He's a doctor of iron. I'm going so far back. It's been a while since I took a. Can I also? Selfie. Yeah, I can say that I have done this uh, to girls though. I've shown like like oh. look at how big I used to be. My girlfriend. Gets yeah, it's that less gay absolutely. if I show it to a guy. Yeah, it's gay. Me doing it to a girl is pretty gay. <laughs> I think. Uh, fuck. Why am I? This is impossible. How could there not? Uh, I just want to see you with your shirt off, okay, man. Okay, here we go. The suspense. So this is what I looked like when I was like really lifting. But Ooh, fucking good. I've always been. I've always been pretty toned in the stomach. Yeah. What do you but, think? But the arms and the shoulders you're gi- never get that. I think. I think good. you've got an issue because you're gigantic in that picture. And I had like the same. Like I played is lacrosse. That body and, dismorphia. I think, Ooh, dude. I think I have bad body dysmorphia. I think you're. Mean? It's plenty just, shredded right there. I always think I'm like getting fat every five seconds, but my waist size is shrinking, but I think I'm getting fat every other day. It's terrible. Yeah, yeah so I'm shredded. You're fucking but yoked. my arms, no, my arms, I didn't have like bulging bicep. Like clothes fit me, unlike you. Yeah. Dude, let's hit the gym together. I'll put you through a workout. Olympic guy, forget him. Yeah, what does he know? You just, you just need some meathead. Other than how to doing, protect your spine. tons of pull-ups, like weighted pull-ups. I was doing a lot of pull-ups. I like that shit. Pull-ups are good. Yeah, they yeah. were. Okay. Gotcha. Well, answer Bill. Well, don't keep I'm him gonna, waiting. I'm gonna. Oh, he's, yeah, that's right. He's shooting a movie. What movie is he shooting? Is uh, any of this proprietary he's on, he's information? On, no, no, no. He's on. Uh, he's doing the Judd movie with um oh, about fuck. Pete Pete Davidson's life that like Pete is starring in. What? Yeah, I didn't know any of that. That's yeah, great. a bunch of our people we know are doing it. Ricky Velez is in it. Yeah. Um, Mike. Uh, Becky Young. Yeah, Vecchione's in it. Yeah. I think Mike and Bill are both firemen. Oh my god, that's unbelievable. He's got like rest. That's, that's why they're all growing the mustaches. That oh okay. Is that I saw Dice too. It wouldn't be Dice. Is he in it? No, but I just saw him with like he's got this like white like uh, handlebar. I've never seen like a, a fucking snow white handlebar right. mustache. It looks right. great. Maybe but yeah. Dope. That's yeah. uh yeah. So how uh how's the fucking Vinny's like the workout guy. I got the. I want to ask you so many stand-up questions. You played lacrosse in college? Yeah, I did D three. Where'd you play? Washington College. Okay. In Maryland, so we would play like Gettysburg, Dickinson, yeah, those are good, Franklin those Marshall. Are good programs. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, and he's a Gettysburg kid. When did you graduate? I graduated twenty fifteen, and okay. then I You're played a lot younger than I. Am. Yeah, and then I played a season in Australia, and then I stopped. Sweet. Yeah. Dope. Did you play sports in college? I played football. Nice. Not not well in college, but I played. I was on the team. Where'd you go? Gettysburg. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um. So how's the stand up been? Have you? Well, I mean, you haven't had much time back, but no. Yeah, I'm writing. I've got a lot of new material. That Jeez, I'm yeah. Do you even through. have to write it? Well, like you, probably, I shot this, you had the special. Yeah. Right. I shot yeah. the special on May 17th, right? Mm. And then it came out a month later, month and a half later, and then I was like, I had dumped everything, mm-hmm. but I took a little bit of like time. And so I was just starting to write new stuff. And but then, then this happened, happened and yeah. I was like, okay, we are going to put together 25 to 30 minutes yes. about this. So easy. Well, not like easily, but I mean, the story structure is already There's so there. Much. Yeah. There's so much to mine. Yeah. And um, I haven't really been up much to talk about it. I'm at, I'm at Caroline's tomorrow. And then, you know, I've got a, a bunch of spots coming up. Uh, but these will be the first times that I'm really cracking it open and I'm excited. Yeah. And I mean, you're excited. So do you think you'll go like strategy wise? Do you think you're going to go like mix in some new stuff at these new sets? Or do you think you're going to go all raw, like get to the bottom of this story? Um, it, it, it's, it's tough to know. Like you have to have so much confidence in yeah. yourself to just be like, all right, 15 minutes set. <laughs> just gonna talk yeah. yeah you know what i mean but um i also get so fucking sick of telling old jokes yeah and especially once you've shot a special yeah or i feel like done once, an album i mean they were dead well like i mean by the time i'd imagine that by the time you presented those jokes in the hour they were already dead to you and that's somewhere been, yeah. somewhere somewhere like I would say like at least fifty percent of my special I had written in the last, like in the in the year leading up oh, to it. That's so fuck. I I would love. So was it like a a deadline and you were like I gotta get an hour by no, then? No, it was like I had the hour and then I would just 
substitute new jokes that I liked enough for I would bring in I would take out the shittier shit from yeah. older and then put the new stuff in if it was good enough and ready. Yeah. And so I was lucky because you know, I could have shot the the special a year before, but it, it wouldn't have been as good. Mm-hmm. So it was just at that point I was just strengthening and yeah. like bumping things out with with replacements. Yeah. I have a question about the special, so I watched it. It was good. Oh, thanks. Um what was the strategy with the piano? Is that something you've done before with the singing? Yeah. yeah. Have you done that like actually during? Because I know you had the podcast where you did the singing stuff, right? Didn't you do that for yeah. a little while? Yeah. So music is something I do in my acts. Okay. When I'm on the road, like when I'm headlining, I'll, I'll I'll have a keyboard up there with me and I'll do four or five songs. I mean, it's a big part of the act, and especially since those stupid fucking Game of Thrones clips yeah. that I <laughs> people kind of expect it now. So it's that like. You know, I do musical comedy, but I also tell jokes. So it's it's kind of a hybrid, and you know, I like that. Like, there's so many great comedians that do musical comedy. You know, Stephen Lynch and Bo Burnham and yeah. all these you know people. Do you so. think you'll? Do you think you could see? So, first hour done. Do you think second hour half music? I I, I you know it's hard to know. Um, how that will develop, but I, I definitely know music will will probably always be part of my act. That's awesome. Um, those songs in my special, I love. I loved some of them. The feminist one, I really loved. Uh, you know, we had this concert grand Steinway piano up on stage, and I was in a tuxedo, and it very much had this feel for me of like going back to when I was a a kid playing piano recitals. Yeah. Well, with the suit too. Yeah. In like a, I was in this theater, the Wilbur theater and it was packed and I was just like sitting down at a piano. It felt fucking cool, you know? And it was, I just, I don't know. It was amazing to me. Is it harder for you to write jokes for like, you know, like five minutes worth of jokes or is it harder to write a song for this, your set? Um, it's pretty similar. Because in a song, you know, I'll write the song, but then I'll always tweak lyrics or add lyrics or, you know, the songs are not finished in the same way that jokes aren't finished. Like I'll perform it and four months later, it could be very different. Um, the, the hardest part about songs is you can't force it, right? So like, you know, let's say like Jeffrey Epstein, everyone's like, okay, I'm going to write a joke about that, right? I don't think... Jeffrey Epstein, I'm going to write a song about that. Like for me, the songs are like, I, I don't even know where they fucking come from. I say that, but I also wrote a, a song about Harvey Weinstein. So that's yeah. true. Yes, you did. Yeah, maybe that's not really the right way to put it. How do you think, uh, well, just because I, so my background is I've, I've only been doing comedy for three years. So you're very far ahead of me. How, like what challenges do you think like developing musical comedy in these like Manhattan clubs, like have you gotten pushback from like? Well, you can't, you can't yeah. do it. I don't do it. I, the only place I do it is stand up New York. Yeah. The Booker there, John Borromeo, is like one of my good friends, and he puts a keyboard on the stage when I'm coming. But there, that's the only place that I can do it, unless I'm headlining somewhere. Yeah. Um. So it's impossible. But I just work on it in my apartment, on my at my piano. And yeah. I'm so well. Yeah. Because I'm I do no musical comedy. So I'm so jealous of like a thing that you can kind of, my view on musical comedy is that you can like hone it and get it. Like, I mean, you still have to present it to an audience and have them tell you it's funny, but like, I, I would love to just be able to like sit down, write a joke and be like, I know like most of the beats are here and then present it. You know what I mean? Do you feel that way with music or is it like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's tricky. I will say you, you, you get, a different thing in musical comedy where people are not accustomed to hearing certain jokes in songs yeah. in, in, in the song format. So like if you sing something, it might land a different way than if you were just like reading the lyric, certainly reading the lyric, but like telling the joke lyric yeah. in your act. Yeah. And that was the thing about the Harvey Weinstein song was that like, I sang this very boring lead up to it and lulled the audience into a false sense of security. And then you just drop this outrageous lyric if Harvey Weinstein had been gay. Yeah. I also Uh, like the Kevin Spacey bit at the end. I thought the way that landed was great. Thanks. 
Yeah, those that so it's like then and then it's like a bouncy fun song. Yeah, but you're singing about something that's so fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's like you can even just have like. I'm just thinking now about all the elements you can change, like tempo change, pitch yeah. change, like key changes, right? Yeah. Build momentum. Like you can really structure it. It's, uh, to me, it's like writing a musical. You know, it's like that's what the Book of Mormon guys did. Oh yeah, have you? South Park well, guys. I mean, you've seen it. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, that was unbelievable. Yeah. So, has your approach to comedy changed from pre to post Barstool? Like, do you think all of that has affected the way you go at it in any way? Um. I don't know. I, I don't think so. I, I think part of me always thought that in stand-up, while I was at Barstool, I was still a, a, a face of the company. And that maybe I couldn't talk about certain things because I had to go back to work on Monday. Yeah. And right. I didn't want to bring smoke on the company. Right? But ironically, of course, I was fired <laughs> while I was at the company. So... Um, now I do feel a little bit more liberated to talk about whatever I want, um, on stage and I'm excited to sort of develop my own audience away from the company because, you know, I would, I would go headline on the road and my crowds were Barstool fans. They would show up wearing Barstool gear, excited to see me because they know me from Barstool and they probably thought maybe I would talk about life at Barstool and I yeah, never right. I never did you know I was telling my jokes because I was a stand up before I worked there so um, I don't think my approach has changed necessarily but uh, I, I'm ex I'm very grateful for the fact that I continued doing stand up religiously the whole time that I was working there yeah would, there's would you, uh, the, uh well uh, I saw you one night at the so there's that Grizzly Pear comedy mob mic. Oh, right? I love that. Yeah. I do uh, this every week. There was one I saw. It was because I know you through Tommy, like a mutual friend, and like I'd seen you around. I had you on one of my shows. And I saw you at that uh, comedy mob, and the you were trying to get a tape for something. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the host is like, all right, your next comic, he's filming this. Yeah. He's like, he's like for whatever reason, he's he's taping his set with a really nice camera yeah like and then i went up and i was like yeah <laughs> i was like give it up for your host who apparently has never had any reason like, to yeah. film a set <laughs> like that says way more about you yeah yeah the guess you're getting it. yeah um so like i mean going i mean that shit is just you know that was just like the one like shared experience i think uh we've had like comedy wise i think what's an insane have, have you had any I mean, in Manhattan with comedy, you get these like moments that are sort of like, holy shit, I'm never going to see anything like that again. Like, have you had anything within like the Manhattan comedy club scene with like famous people or, like seeing somebody annihilate or seeing somebody bomb? Like what's the most extreme Manhattan comedy experience? It could be something that happened to you too. Yeah. Um, good question. I mean, one time a guy passed out he like stood up from his table and passed out right right in front of the stage yeah just like fell over into everybody else into the chairs people oh my god and i have a clip of it and it was like and you're on stage i was on stage and it was just like we thought he was dead um so that was kind of crazy i guess um, something like that happened to Andrew Schultz recently too. Yeah, like Apple, someone had a seizure, a seizure yeah, right? But they were great. sitting, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I yeah. it didn't seem like there was as much of I'll a show you the splash clip zone. Yeah. yeah, this guy like dove. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it was the hardest fall. Was he okay? Most importantly, yeah, he was. He was just shit faced. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So um, I don't feel as bad then if you. No, nobody. Once we figured that out, we we like didn't feel bad from yeah. at all. Yeah, <laughs> but it to yourself. Let me. Uh, <laughs> Let me find this. Oh, yeah. So, watch this. This is good podcasting. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my God, dude. Heavens. <laughs> Yo, he, like, legit, like, nosedived. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Sorry. Yeah. That's actually a wild video. Holy shit. That didn't go very well. He fucking yard sales himself. That was crazy. I don't know. Oh my God. That was that was kind of weird yeah. <laughs> and uncomfortable. Um, otherwise, you know. Otherwise, uh, 
as far as like crazy, I don't know. Shooting a sketch with Bill Burr was like a. I mentioned him again. That was like one of the best moments of my career. Yeah. Uh, at Barstool, like I wrote this thing. He was in, and I was like, I pitched it to him, and he's like, Yeah, it's great. Let's do it. And we shot it. I thought it was really funny. I loved how it came out, and uh, that was that was the best. I really liked your sketch show too that you did the Variety Hour. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You thinking we, about bringing something back like that? We were well. We were we had shot most of the second season of it and we were releasing the sketches when I got fired. Oh. Do, you, do, you, like, so do they have, do they, do they they have like the rights to that or do you have the rights to that? Six or seven sketches they have the rights to. They have? Because yeah. they'll never see the light of day. But there were six or seven sketches that'll never come out. That You can't just redo them on your own? You can't do that? Uh, No. Loophole? And I wouldn't, you know, a lot of them used employees that I was yeah. working with. We like cast employees and you know, it's too bad, but that's just the way it goes, you know? You think you're going to bring something like that back, though, now that you're on your own, kind maybe, of? Maybe, maybe. Uh, my focus is really going to be on my podcast going forward. Um, and uh, Which Bill Burr is going to be a guest on. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, he said he would, so fuck. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's crazy that you'd fake a text from Bill Burr just to, just to impress us. Yeah, just that's to, just awesome. Just to really hammer home you know <laughs> no hopefully he's, tell, hopefully he's telling the truth and yeah. then he's just gonna say like hey bill go to this other this little small apartment yeah can in you Murray just Hill. text him back yeah. and just be like sorry i'm busy on the wolf mentality podcast yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's huge it's huge everyone listens to it you gotta get on try texting me again in 20 minutes yeah. <laughs> bill burr um i hate this uh question as a comedian but do you have any uh horrific bombs yeah uh for sure. What Absolutely. Is, yeah. One of the worst times I ever bombed was I was playing um, I was playing a uh, it was like a fundraiser for the sheriff of Bergen County. Oh, wow. That's really close. I thought you were going to you said fundraiser. I was like, oh, shit. It's that show that I had him on. Oh, no, no, no. no, 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 no yeah, no. no. It was it yeah. was like the, re-ele- that, like though, the, yeah. the re-election of the Bergen County the sheriff, sheriff of Bergen Mayor. County. And it was a big gig there were 600 people it was all like all police officers and yeah. their wives and the new jersey police officers which Correct. is a very i live in new jersey so it's a very specific breed yes just to set the scene so it was all these police officers and their wives and i went up and i you know it was in a banquet hall so all the tables were round which meant that half the audience was facing, facing away from you, you. Yeah. and half the audience was facing away from you and nobody wanted a comedy show we had been booked to come on like halfway through the dinner yeah so like there. Do <laughs> and nobody wanted that they just wanted to drink and talk to each other and so i go up first i was hosting oh. and i was like hey everybody stop eating you know, <laughs> here i am I'm, I'm just so you, i'm here to do comedy <laughs> and sucks. people were like don't <laughs> stop like, put the quiet, mic down quiet shut up <laughs> so and i just had to like get to 15 minutes that was oh, really my tough. lord dude oh one other one yeah i did uh i did the I did Eastern Connecticut State University's freshman orientation. Oh, very prestigious. My God, the fighting armadillos. I think are they? I have no idea. Shot in the dark. <laughs> Shot in the I did dark. Their, Shot in the their freshman orientation. So night. this is like parents. No, just, it was all freshmen who had just arrived that day so to just the school. Seventeen and eighteen year old children. Terrified. Yeah, they're on their own for the first time, and. It's a dry campus. Uh, so even the seniors aren't allowed to bring alcohol in the school. Yeah. There's no drinking whatsoever. Mm-hmm. The kids are, it was like a social activity in like the student center. Yeah. And not not seats, just like randomly fucking kids on like, you know, walking around at tables, whatever. They had a nacho stand, make your own nachos right in front of the stage. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a huge line of kids lined up to get their nachos so when I went on stage. <laughs> I did it with Tommy. Christ. Tommy opened for me. Oh, can, my Lord. He can tell you about it. This was the worst gig I've ever had, for sure. I mean, nobody's... So, like, people just, like, walking around oh, the yeah. room. They fucking hated us. Oh, my Lord. They didn't, they didn't want to be there. They were they they didn't like us. I was looking at my watch being like, okay, you you got to get to 45 minutes to get paid. Oh, my and God. 25 minutes? Yeah, I was yeah. doing Holy crowd shit. work. I'm, like, talking to these baseball oh players. Was, 
talking to the everybody who was getting their nachos. I was just like fucking eating literally shit. I, I'm aware of that drowning oh, feeling just where you're like, there's got to be a ground and like there isn't. And there was like one table that was like smiling at me and I was basically performing for them. Everybody else fucking hated me. So how do you leave? So you leave that gig. Do you like you leave that gig, you get your check and you just like get in the car and you go home <laughs> and you're like, that's okay. You know, it's fine. I've had uh, I had one. It was like a similar um it was like a fundraiser thing. Uh, me got on stage again, no comedy, no host. I was just going to do 20 minutes of comedy and then that was going to be it. I, yeah. I get on. There is no stage. It's on like a bar mitzvah dance floor. Uh, I perform on the way out. The lady gives me the check and she's like, by the way, I don't think we're going to hire a comedian next year. Wow. Yeah. I was like, you could have just said nice job. She didn't even yeah. <laughs> she not say anything. You don't, you don't need that news. Yeah. She Damn. did not have to tell me that. Wow. Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> yeah. That also, Bergen County, New Jersey. So. Wow. How about that? Yeah. The laughless place. It is. Yeah. That's. Is that where you're from? Dude, I still live in Bergen County, New Jersey. Yeah. yeah man, it's say, great. Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, that was, yeah. I, well, my uncle is like a Bergen County cop. So if I just picture about that? 500 of my uncle. Right. I got to ask him. Like, I think he might. He might have been there. He might have been He's there. This guy man. was booing you the whole time. Yeah, for but. sure. Yeah. Um, one thing I'm fascinated with is uh, who who do you consider in your like comedy graduating class? And caveat of like the people that you started with, like because I the, the only thing keeping me from quitting or like killing myself is the people that I started with. You know what I mean? Like the sure. the friends. So I want to know, is there anybody in your graduating class who you didn't think was going to pop off or be successful and like surprised you? Like, are there any like most improved oh, stories? Um, you know, I, I don't know that it was like, look, we're all fucking petty in, in stand up, but, but it's an honest pettiness. Yeah. Which is what I like about stand up versus improv where I was at, I used to do classes at UCB and shit. And those people are fucking dishonest in yeah. their pettiness. They pretend to like you and then talk shit about you behind your back. In stand-up, we're like bitter and jealous, yeah. but, but you know it. Yeah. So it's not as it's not as like treacherous and perverse. Mm -hmm. So uh, in my, you know, for the most part, the people in my class that have done well, um, I'm excited for. Mm -hmm. And maybe the reason is that I've done well. Yeah. So it's easy for me to be happy for people because I'm not necessarily bitter and I'm like, why is he getting it when I didn't? I feel like I didn't deserve a lot of the success that I've had. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of success that I didn't expect to have. So when other people have successes that I am in, are in my class, I'm genuinely happy. And, and a yeah. good example is my, my dear friend, Eric Newman. Yeah. He, he we was had him my, on our show last night. I would night. say he's in my class um, of, of comedians, and he just got past the cellar. Yeah. And when he got past the cellar and I found out, I was fucking thrilled for him. Yeah. This guy has been, he's been at it 10 years, mm -hmm. you know? And, and just it, so nice. Like he's, he's so nice. It, it means me up so more than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. It means so much to him, and he's fucking grinded for it. And he's a good comic. He's funny. He's a good dude to be around. Uh, so I was pumped. Yeah. And uh, and that was the case with him. I can't really point to a lot of people who got some kind of big pop where I was like, what? How did that happen? Yeah. Um, where I was like, I genuinely don't think that person is funny. Mm -hmm. I would bet there are a lot more people who say that about me? Ah, you think because of the bar, just because of the barstool thing, probably. Uh, who knows? You do, know. Do you think how different do you think things would have went if the barstool stuff never happened? I don't know where I would be right now. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think I would be with. I don't think I'd have. I certainly wouldn't have one hundred and two thousand Instagram followers. I wouldn't have a special. Yeah. At I wouldn't have taped two shows at the Wilbur, you right. know, for my special. I don't think I would have had a serious XM radio show. All those things are a product of Barstool. Um, but it's hard to know where I would be on the track yeah. of stand-up in New York. Would I be headlining now? I don't know. How long were you doing stand-up before Barstool? Five years. Okay, so that's a good amount of time. Yeah. So, 
Um, so you were talking about how you have a podcast coming up, right? Uh, yes, I do. Let me finish that thought really quick the, okay, when we're ahead. on. What I will also say is that when I went to Barstool and I got the job at Barstool, I made the most of it and I excelled. Yeah. That's true, yeah, because they just leave you to your own devices. If you, you know, fall on your face, you fall on your face. Yeah, they like don't care. not every. There had been there were people there that had been there a lot longer at Barcel than I was. Right. That I flew past. Yeah. And I leapfrogged, and I ended up, you know, getting a lot more followers and a lot more opportunities within Barcel because of my ability to write and because of how well I adjusted and and grew and uh, how, how funny I was while I was there. So the success that I had at Barstool was deserved, right. I feel. And when I left Barstool, I left and I retained my audience. And that is not gonna be the case for everybody that gets that leaves That's Barstool. True. Yeah. yeah, and you also, it was kind of rocky when you first started, right? You kind of had a Hell few. Hell yeah, it was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. They really got thrown into the fire, but you know, you weather that storm and you come out and you're stronger for it. So. Probably helped you in the long run. You yeah. Know? Having so. to deal with that right away and just kind of getting all that drawn yeah, out I of the way so. to start. Uh, yeah. Fun fact, we on this podcast as a guest had the person, uh, a person who lost to you on Barstool Idol. No way. Season. Yeah. Yeah. Who's that? Rich, Rich Apple. Apple, who performed. Oh, a good dude. He, he went performed right before immediately you. before yeah. you. Yeah, well, yeah, so he just auditioned. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he was in such a tough spot because yeah. they... I should also say Rich is maybe my best friend doing yeah, comedy right now. He's a so, good dude. Yeah. He's funny. He, um, but they didn't want stand-up comedians. Yeah. So they had to work out for you because well, they weren't even too pumped when you because you kind of tried to do a stand-up routine too, and they I weren't did, too hyped I did up just on just stand-up. Yeah, and they weren't and cool about it. I think. <laughs> I think unfortunately, I had a better set than Rich. Yeah. Well, I think, and that by comparison, they were like, "Yeah, you were better." Yeah. We'll take you. Compared to how many other stand-ups? So it was literally a competition between you and Rich. It, it ended up being, but yeah. he and I were the first and the second people to go yeah. in the whole thing. I think there were, may have been another stand-up that came on, but I'm not really sure. And then in season two, they had a couple people who did stand-up tryout. Right. Well, you kind of opened the door, I guess, for yeah. that then after that. Because there were no comedians on Barstool before you. Really. Would, you would you recommend... Right. Uh, a, let's say there's like a guy with a beard who's been doing stand up for a really nice beard. Yeah. yeah. Would you recommend going for the Barstool Idol? I don't know, man. I, the thing is, is it really depends on how much you want to work there because there's really no other way to get a job there at this point. I, I hate to say it. Yeah. I mean, you like just, outside of the idols. Thing? Yeah. It's just fucking impossible. Like we, we, we would get, you know, 200 fucking applications a day. Yeah. And the only other way to get a job there is to be to build your own shit, yeah, and become like what Ellie did. She had such a big Twitter following and right. was so good at that that we recruited her. Um, KB No Swag would be another example. This guy built his own Twitter following because his tweets were so brilliant. He was such a good writer that finally, but he had tried to work there and they turned him down initially. So you kind of at this point you have to be like a made man, yeah, even before you get to come in the door there. Mm-hmm. Um, Otherwise, it's Barstool Idol. Yeah. And if you really want to work there, try. Mm-hmm. There's no harm in trying. It's not going to hurt your career if you audition and they don't pass you. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's tough. Yeah. It's fucking tough, dude. Yeah. Would you want to work for like a corporation again? Like say it's not Barstool, but say it's another you know media outlet of some sort. I don't know. I would write for a show um, that I was excited about, but if it were like going to a Bleacher Report or the Ringer, the yeah, I, I don't know about that. I, you know, it would, might feel like a lateral move to me. That makes sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're almost at six thirty-eight. Uh, yeah, me last. Should uh, well, last I was going to ask what I was saying before about like what you got coming up. So you have a lot in the works, I assume. Busy. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. My podcast, we're going to be dropping it in the next couple of weeks. Keep an eye out for that. Untitled as of yet. That's a long title. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but otherwise, you can see me at uh, Bananas Comedy Club August second and third, Zanies Nashville September twenty sixth. 
Follow me on Instagram, Francis at Francis C C L S. I was gonna say you have that's a typo, right? It was a typo. <laughs> so how did that happen? Too late now. <laughs> they they changed it, and then Who, I was who's like, they uh, Barstool? Or? Well, I, I was verified, so I had to get Barstool to like help me change it away from Francis Barstool. And then when they submitted it, they put the second C in there. Oh, those motherfuckers. You think it was on purpose? No. <laughs> to get you? Beef, 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 beef. I don't think it was. And, um, and my Twitter is at Francis C. Ellis. You can check me, me out. Show schedule at, at Francis. Uh, FrancisEllis.com uh, for my show schedules and tickets. So. Uh, as usual, it. I'll put I'll try to get all of those in the show notes for people to get, even though I think most people are pretty dumb i can't figure out that the, i tell them every week the show notes are right there everyone's like oh where's that link we have a it's very right passive yeah <laughs> passive wolf no pack. they're dedicated nice. they're dedicated yeah. wolf pack and france is a part of it now yeah. hell yeah <laughs> a lot of fun thank yeah. you guys for having me yeah, i'm sorry i didn't coming, get to man. hear more about your lives because i talked the whole fucking time. Our, our lives aren't as interesting there's 20 episodes that yeah. they can listen to. yeah that's true they listen to <laughs> yeah. us talk about our lives every it's mostly just at least me bitching the whole time so hell yeah. they, they've heard enough of that yeah all right so francis thank you good luck with everything coming up thank you guys yep super fun take care see ya